From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Well, hi, and thanks for inviting me into your home, as always. Your home, your long-haul truck, your cab, your camper, your RV, your cabin in the woods. And a special hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM here in Toronto. Uh, All of you, how does uh, paranoia sound in stereo? I gotta tell you, the, uh, the FM uh, transmitter, it sounds great listening uh, to it on the, on the way in as I'm driving under the Gardner Expressway. Uh, and that's usually when you lose the AM signal. Or if you're driving under the streetcar wires and it starts, the, the, the old amplitude modulation really starts to crackle, I just flip it right over to uh, TUM 96.7 and it sounds great. Alright, um, uh, we have a new affiliate, speaking of which, joining us. WNTN, Boston. WNTN AM, that's 1550 in Boston. Uh, welcome aboard the crazy train. Uh, and I, I, I did a little research. I mentioned this earlier, I think. Uh, WNTN 1550, uh, back in 1975, that is where Howard Stern got his start. He was on the, uh, on the, uh, the station from August to December. Didn't last very long, perhaps not surprisingly. Uh, so there you go, a little trivia. So, again, welcome to WNTN AM 1550 in uh, Boston. Uh, and a tip of the hat to all of you listening to the uh, podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, TalkZone.com, uh, and our very own Conspiracy Show app. And uh, if you don't have it, it's real easy to get. It's a free download from Google Play and uh, iTunes. Just uh, do a search once you're in the uh, app store for uh, the Conspiracy Show. All right, uh, as of sunset... Yesterday, just a few hours ago, a handful of hours, it, it's, we are now into Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So Happy New Year to all our Jewish friends and listeners, also known as the Feast of Trumpets. And uh, yesterday was also the 29th of Elul on the Hebrew calendar, which marks the end of the, uh, the seven-year biblical cycle known as the Shemitah. And of course, the uh, the 28th of this month, we will see the fourth blood moon in the last 18 months to complete the tetrad. Talk about signs in the heavens. Uh, and I mentioned as well earlier, uh, the uh, the number of searches online for this subject, whether we're talking about the uh, the mystery of the Shemitah, the harbingers, the blood moons, at one point, it peaked at something like one in ten internet searches had to do with these subjects. What is going on? Uh, uh, people, regular listeners to the program uh, will, will, will know that uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn has been with us a couple of times to discuss this, and we had Mark Blitz on the program uh, to discuss the blood moons. And my, de- my next guest has uh, also discussed harbingers and signs in the sky and biblical end times, uh, Carl Gallup's has um, also appeared on this program. And uh, he is the author of Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation, and a longtime senior pastor at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. Carl, how are you? I'm doing great, Richard. Thank you for having me again. What, a, what an honor it is to be with you. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, th- this is um, kind of a, a shorter segment we're going to do, and I, I want to uh, let people know uh, that you're going to be on with us for the full hour uh, next month uh, in October. You have a new book out, Be Thou Prepared. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so we'll have you on in October for the hour. But we've just uh, because tonight or yesterday was the 29th of Elul. Yeah. Uh, and we are, the Feast of Trumpets. All this chatter going on online, um, and whether or not uh, you know we are going to see some cataclysmic event as we did in 2001 and 2008. So we wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, you, listen, you're right. There are a lot of searches online about the Shemitah and the ending of the Shemitah cycle and the beginning of the Super Shemitah, which is the, the year of Jubilee. But, you know, you know, Richard, here's how I, I, I liken it. Here's how I speak of it. This, this month, September, is an astounding uh, convergence of... What, what do I say? Prophetic signs, perhaps? Prophetic events? Uh, uh, prophetic happenings? Uh, d- does it mean something astounding or devastation or ominous is going to happen? Not necessarily, but uh, as Jonathan Kahn has so brilliantly documented, uh, and, and Mark Biltz in, in his book uh, about blood moons, but as these two guys have so brilliantly documented, uh, down through the you know the years, down through the last several centuries, there have been astounding uh, prophetic occurrences associated with these tetrad blood moon cycles when they fall on these feast days, as you and I have talked about before, and and you and others have talked about on your show, as well as this Shemitah cycle. But here here's how I describe it, and maybe this will help your listeners. I live on the Gulf Coast and have for many 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 years, decades. Uh, and, and I live in Hurricane Alley. So every year around in June, a hurricane season officially starts. I don't remember the exact day in June, but it's in June. And it ends uh, September, October. So down here where we live in the Florida Gulf Coast and the Panhandle and in, in, in Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi Gulf Coast area, that's where I live, Hurricane Alley. I mean, the the big ones have shot right up into our area, you know, Katrina, Ivan, Dennis, these guys. So we, when, when hurricane season starts, we understand that there is, at that particular time, a convergence of ideal conditions that could spawn a hurricane. And it could spawn a major cataclysmic hurricane, and it could spawn a major cataclysmic hurricane that could strike the Gulf Coast. So when hurricane season starts, we make our preparations, you know, we, we, we stock up on our supplies, we get our generators out, knock the dust off, and we get some fuel and everything. We keep an eye on the weather, we watch, but then we go on about our lives. You prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Exactly, because we don't know what's going to happen. Well, let me just say, and, and I'll go through some of these in a second with your audience, but so this September is, is the prophetic hurricane season. That now, and, and I tell folks that doesn't mean something cataclysmic has to happen, but there is such a convergence that the prophetic conditions are ripe for the possibility of it. Because here's what's happening in September alone. Of course, we're ending this Shemitah cycle, as you said, uh, to the, yesterday to tonight, depending upon if you're using the Jewish calendar, Hebrew calendar, or, or what time zone you're in. But the Shemitah cycle has just recently ended. And then we are now beginning the Super Shemitah, or the Year of Jubilee, as well as the Feast of Trumpets. So in September, the Feast of Trumpets falls, 
the Feast of Atonement then falls 10 days later. Then the Feast of Tabernacles all fall in the month of September. Now, these feasts, of course, were going to happen anyway. These are part of the seven feasts of the Lord. But this year, they happen to all fall in the same month in which the Shemitah cycle ends, this, seven, this period of seven years, seven years, seven years. This is the seventh year. This is the ending of it tonight. And then, of course, the Super Shemitah begins and which is the year of jubilee that only happens once every 50 years of course and then the uh the the feast of trumpets begins okay so all of that is happening in this month plus we've got the iran treaty uh possibility of all coming to fruition this month in finality which many many prognosticators say that look if this thing goes through it could be a devastation to israel well of course we know the prophetic implications of that plus in september is a united nations meeting and of all things some of the topics are going to be the discussion of the establishment of the state of palestine Seemingly, uh, the United States is more inclined towards that than ever under the leadership of Barack Obama. And the Pope recently has called for the formation of the state of Palestine and has officially recognized them. And he's going to be at the United Nations meeting, supposedly pushing for the same thing, addressing Congress in the White House. And on top of all of that, the, uh, the Pope has called for a global government system uh, to deal with man-made global warming, and he's supposed to address that at the UN. So you've got the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Shemitah ending, the Super Shemitah starting, the Feast of Trumpets beginning, United Nations, the establishment of Palestine, a global, a one-world government system being called for. You've got the Iran Treaty possibility. Then, of course, and I know you've done shows on this, you've got CERN in Geneva. Yes. And, and Sergio Bertolucci, one of the scientists, reported in the U.K. Uh, register saying that they were going to try to open a black hole and, quote, send something through it or something might come out of it. They were going to open up other dimensions. Um, then on top of all of that, you've got um, – you, you, you've got uh, Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton, that, that gave the uh, Newton's riddle that, you know, hundreds of years ago he, he calculated through uh, mathematical uh, formulas from the book of Daniel that on September 23rd in the year 2015 is what he said, something very prophetic was going to happen related to Messiah. Now, we don't know what all that is, but people are watching. And then on mm. top of all of that, here in the United States, this month began with the unprecedented jailing of an American citizen, Kim Davis, because she wouldn't sign a gay marriage certificate. Never before in the history of the United States has that issue caused an American citizen to be jailed. And, of course, in June of this year, this last mm. Shemitah year, this, this year of the Shemitah year, in June of this year, the American Supreme Court ruled that gay marriage was binding upon all 50 states. So this has been a very eventful Shemitah year. We're coming to the end of it in September, and you've got the trumpets, atonement, tabernacles, Shemitah ending, super Shemitah beginning, uh, the United Nations, the call for Palestine, the call for a one-world government, the Iran Treaty, the CERN experiments, Isaac Newton's predictions. It is a prophetic convergence that is 
unbelievable and, as I said, uh, prophetic hurricane season. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, is that all that's going on? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> is that all you have? <laughs> well, no, here's something. Actually, there are, there are other things going on, and people have websites built around it. But I'm just, I, you know, and the things that, I, that I've given your audience – these are things that just are. I mean, there's very little speculation. The Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, that is going to happen. Right. The ending of the Shemitah year, that is going to happen. The well, beginning of the year of Jubilee, that is going to happen. The United Nations, the Iran Treaty, the uh, the CERN experiments, all of that's going to happen. Well, here's, here's a, a few more logs to throw on the fire. Now, um, according to this information I have here, Pope Francis is to visit the U.S., on the 27th of September, that's the day of the final blood moon, and I'm not sure if this is true or whether it's apocryphal, uh, but when he arrives, it will mark the 666th day of his reign. I'm not, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but we'll find out. Yeah. Carl Gallops stays with us here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. All right, welcome back. Carl Gallops is with us, the author of Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation. And uh, we should remind listeners that Carl Gallops will be here in Toronto, along with the author of the Nephilim Trilogy, L.A. Marzulli, uh, both of them part of a conference or a, uh, an evening live event called As in the Days of Noah. That's happening Wednesday, November the 4th. Mark it on your calendar. Wednesday, November the 4th at the Oise Auditorium at the University of Toronto here in town. University of Toronto, Oise Auditorium, and uh, you can get your tickets uh, through Conspiracy Culture. Our good friends Patrick and Kadena, uh, conspiracyculture.com. You can order them through the uh, website, conspiracyculture.com, or give them a call. Order them over the phone at 416-916-1696. 416-916-1696. Conspiracyculture.com. All right, uh, Carl, looking forward to, uh, to seeing you in November, of course. Richard, listen, I've got to tell you something. First of all, it is my honor. I, I can't wait to be in Toronto. Uh, it'll bring back memories. I used to live in Michigan in my younger years and, and was up in Toronto when, when I was a young man and uh, looking forward to being back up in that area. But this morning, of course, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor in one church here on the Gulf Coast for 29 years, have over 30 years of, of experience in, in, in ministry. And prior to that, I was in Florida law enforcement for 10 years and an and, uh, um, officer an investigator. But anyway, so this morning, I'm preaching in my church services, and, and the services conclude, and, and I'm down front just talking with folks and praying with folks, and we had a large crowd. And, and, and a couple of men walked up to me, and they said we were, they said that they were visiting from a town that's, oh, I don't know, 45 miles away. And I said, well, what brought you here? And they said, well, we saw you on the Jim Baker show on, you know, on, on television and the Christian networks. And, and we realized that you were just 45 minutes from us, so we wanted to come. And so we were talking. And, and get this, Richard. They said, you know, we, we really enjoy watching you on all these television shows. And, and they said, do you know a guy by the name of L.A. Marzulli? And, and I said, <laughs> well, 
I said, yes, I know of L.A. Marzulli, and I know of his ministries. And, and before I could say anything, they said, oh, it would be great if you guys could be together somewhere. Oh, you get out of town. I, they actually I, said kidding. that. I'm not kidding you. And I said to them, I said, guys, you are not going to believe this. I am going to be with L.A. Marzulli in Toronto in November. They they couldn't believe it. They said, you've got to be kidding. I said, no, I'm serious. And I said, Richard Surrett, conspiracy show, a dear friend of mine, and they're having me up there and i said i'm so honored and i'll be there with la they said we can't believe it so anyway just a little coincidental uh, uh, uh more yeah. convergences they yeah, just keep on yeah, coming another convergence <laughs> hey you know talking about the convergences richard we were talking about all of them and and because i was trying to cram them all in before the uh commercial i knew it was coming i i know i, I know how radio works you do indeed I, sir I, yeah, I, I forgot to mention, of course, in the midst of all of the trumpets and atonement and tabernacle and smita and super, super smita and jubilee and the United Nations and Palestine and the Iran Treaty and the CERN experiments and Isaac Newton and all of that is the ending of the blood moon tetrad. That's you said right. That right before we went to break. I Sep- mean, just what a convergence. September 28th. Yes. Or, or the 27th, again, depending on your time zone. And that's the date that uh, Pope Francis is to arrive in Philadelphia. Yes. And the day he speaks before Congress is supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but I've read it online, so there you go. Well, uh, if, it, if you've read it online, it is true, then, right? <laughs> but it's, according to the, uh, the the report online, it's it would be the 666th day of his reign. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. We we need to check that out. I'm, I'm going to try to check it out uh, after the show tonight, but that would be an amazing, woo, that would be an amazing thing. Well, you know, Richard, it's like I said, uh, as we began this discussion, um, it's 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 a prophetic hurricane season. I mean, there's a convergence, and I know the naysayers would say to people like you and me and some of our audience, "Oh, you guys are crazy. Y'all are fools." Well, here's the way I look at it. Look, uh, you know, that's what they said about Noah when he was building his ship in the backyard in the days of Noah. <laughs> right, right. You know, but but of course he was not a fool. He knew what was coming. He knew the signs. God had spoken to him and revealed himself to him. Well, you know, you say, whoa, you're saying God spoke to you? Well, yes, he has to anybody who cares to listen. It's called his word. And there it is. And the prophecies are there. We're watching them unfold. We're living in prophetic days, regardless of Shemitahs and blood moons. Listen, we're, li- we're the only generation in the history of the world, Richard, to see Israel return to the land. That's a 2,500-year-old prophecy. We're the only generation to see that. We, we're the only generation to see the convergence and, 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 the, and the coalition of, coalition of nations of Ezekiel 38 that are now aligning themselves for the specific purpose of attacking and destroying a returned Israel. That's a 2,600-year-old prophecy. And we're the only generation to see that happen. We're the only generation to see this, this burgeoning rise of Islam in the Middle East, all for the purpose of destroying Christians and Jews, and particularly the nation of Israel. We're the only generation to see Iran and Russia come together in a coalition for the purpose of nuclear armament and for the expressed purpose of destroying a returned Israel. I mean, we are living in super-prophetic times and now we hit this cycle of the Shemitah ending in September and all of these things that I just said. Plus, Richard, think about this. I mean, this could be coincidental. Yes, it could be coincidental. But so at the ending of this super Shemitah, of this Shemitah cycle, in this month of this hurricane prophetic convergence season, <laughs> on September the 10th, 
a rainbow, beautiful, gorgeous, appears in the sky, connecting from all the photographs you can see on the Internet to the tower at ground zero, yes. which that tower was lit up in the Shemitah cycle in June with the Supreme Court ruling of gay marriage. It was lit up artificially in the colors of a rainbow at the same time the White House was. And on September the 10th, the tower was lit up with a real rainbow as though God was saying, let me show you how to do a real rainbow on this tower. Well, and then and across th the pond on September the 11th, yeah. we had this giant construction crane yeah. collapse, uh, tragically killing 107 people at the Grand Mosque in Mecca. And it later was revealed that that crane was owned by the bin Laden family. Yeah, that was where I was going next. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And... And and so you know you just it's as I said it's hurricane season the conditions are ripe you've you know you've got the rainbow at ground zero you've got the mosque and the deaths on September the 11th by a crane owned by 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 uh, Bin Laden people and and then you've got all of these things we've been talking about coming together in September and 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 of course Jonathan Kahn who's been writing about this for 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 several years now and then Mark Biltz who's been writing about the blood moons and of course my book on the final trumpets and the warnings and and the days in which we're living and the possible connections to historical events I mean it is it is just astounding now I don't set dates and times and I don't say this is going to happen or that is going to happen but what I'm saying Let's just look at what is. Israel's in the land. The nations are aligning themselves. Islam is going crazy. They desire to destroy Israel. And then, boom, September 10th, the rainbow appears. September the 11th, the mosque, you know, lightning strike and kills people. The crane falls. In September, we've got all of these things we've been talking about converging. Plus, there's this little thing with uh, Isaac Newton, and I'm not suggesting that he's the prophet of prophets, but he did get several things right about the return of Israel and the rising up of a friendly kingdom before it happened and all these things that he foretold. And he said, he picked the date, September the 23rd, 2015, begins something very, very messianic. So I, do, I, I say it like this. In hurricane season here on the Gulf Coast, we put our head on a swivel and we keep our eyes open but we get on with life, and I'm saying that now. Let's get on with life. Let's don't sit around wringing our hands or hiding in a corner, but just understand we're living in extremely prophetic times. The conditions are ripe for some, con so for, for some prophetic convergences to, to meld together. All right. Well, maybe we uh, need to uh, prepare a little space in the uh, the, the root cellar and uh, uh, <laughs> shutter the windows. Um, let me ask you quickly, because this is something I, that has been thrown out there by those that are sort of poo-pooing this whole blood moon thing. And they say, well, listen, the, because the, these blood moons, uh, interestingly, falling on these uh, Hebrew holidays, yes. high holy days, uh, like days of trumpet and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and that is that, well, of course they would because the, the Hebrew calendar follows the lunar cycle. So that would make sense that these things would occur, these full moons would occur on on uh, Hebrew holidays or the, the, well, the Hebrew calendar. Well, yeah, there, there's some truth to that in that the Hebrew calendar often follows the cycles of the moon. Their, their, their calendar is 
primarily a lunar calendar with some solar uh, uh, adjustments made. Our calendar is primarily a solar calendar with a few lunar adjustments made. So, but 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 they're partly right, except for the fact that this particular tetrad movement is is astoundingly interesting and very prophetic. It seems to be very prophetic. And again, Mark Biltz has done a masterful job of researching this and putting it all together in his book, Blood Moons, and he's the original finder and researcher of this. Um, but 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 even though people would say, yeah, well, it's, you know, it, it would always do that. Yeah, but there there have been tetrads like this. And, and, and there are many blood moons that don't fall on feast days, and there have been tetrads that don't fall on these feast days. But, but, but these tetrad cycles, and of course your audience knows that tetrad means four in a row, two in one year and two in the next year. Uh, it, but, but these tetrad cycles that fall precisely, I mean this is a blood moon, not just a full moon, but, a, but an eclipse, of, of, you know, a, a blood moon. And for these tetrad cycles to fall precisely, in the year 2014, on the Feast of Passover in the spring, and then the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, and then the year 2015 rolls around, which is where we are now, of course, and in the spring, another blood moon fell on the Feast of Passover, and now, in September, another blood moon falling on the Feast of Tabernacles. Passover, Tabernacles, Passover, Tabernacles. Four blood moons in two years, the Tetrad. Another one like that it doesn't happen if I if 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 I'm remembering correctly for another couple hundred years. And so, and those the, the the two in one year and two in the next the tetrad bookending six uh, six uh, full moons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so and so what Mark Bilt has researched and discovered is is that on these tetrads down through the last several thousand years where they fall like this on these feast days Passover. Tabernacles, Passover Tabernacles, um, and they only happen, you know, in you know, decades and decades and sometimes centuries apart. That some pretty astounding things have happened over the years that seem to be, you know, uh, prophetically, if you will, connected. E- it either look, it's either a great big fat coincidence, or it's signs in the heavens, signs in the skies. And and if somebody wants to poo-poo that, all I can say is, look, the scriptures, Old and New Testament, are very clear. That God works through signs in the heavens, including using, of all things, blood moons. Those words are in the scriptures. So, you know, uh, we're, we're in, I'm going to use it again for the, sake, uh, for the sake of sounding redundant here, I'm sorry, but, but I'm going to use it again. We're in a prophetic convergence hurricane season. It's the season. We, the, the, the elements are there. We need to just be paying attention. All right, Carl. Well, thank you for this, and uh, we'll um, we'll see what happens on the twenty third. Yeah. Uh, and then we will talk to you, God willing, in October. Yes, and I certainly look forward to October and again in November. What a, what a great treat that's going to be. Carl, leave us with a website. Yeah, carlgallops.com. Carlgallops.com. G A L L U P S. Carlgallops.com. All right. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you. God bless you. When we come back, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, paranormal investigator with our monthly Paranormal News Roundup. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
Rosemary Ellen Guiley is with us. She joins us every time of this month for our Paranormal News Roundup. She's one of the leading experts on the paranormal with, I think it's close to 60 books now, published by major houses on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, and mystical topics. And her website, you really need to check it out. It's visionaryliving.com, visionaryliving.com. And we've reached her live on the line from the Bay Area in California, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. How are you? Richard, I'm doing quite well. Very busy on the road. I had a great weekend here in San Francisco doing some research and events. Um, San Francisco is always an exciting city. And uh, what's the nature of your research? Can you uh, divulge that? Well, some of it is metaphysical, and uh, it's about uh, transformation of the Earth. I have a whole line of research that I call the interdimensional Earth, which is about our expanding consciousness. And then some of it is paranormal. Uh, and uh, I had a dream event here, too, uh, about uh, the creative, spiritual, and healing aspects of dreams. So it was really a multi-pronged trip. Uh, I don't know if it's related to you know all the full moons that we've had. Um, and we're, we have another one coming on uh, the 28th, I believe. I was mentioning that earlier. But I, my sleeping pattern has been very weird, and I've had a lot of weird dreams. Uh, we need to talk at some point off the air. <laughs> Is there a connection, though, seriously, between the full moon and, and, and dream and dreaming? I do believe there is because um, the moon does influence moods, and that's been very well established even sure. scientifically. Yeah. And uh, when we have uh, these, um, uh, it's really a magnetic energy that's affecting us, and that can influence our dreams as well. So. Um, people do have uh, uh, unusual experiences. They might even be more open psychically during full moons. Uh, they might be flooded with certain kinds of emotions, and our dream life is also affected as well. well one of my little guys, uh, the last full moon we had, he could not sleep. Uh, he was up until 3 o'clock in the morning. He was bouncing off the walls, and it wasn't a sugar high. It, I, I think it had something to do with the full moon. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that has been documented uh, are things like that, the kinetic energy. Um, and, of course, it's been uh, famous, you know, for decades that police uh, report an increase in not only just uh, criminal activity, but weird criminal activity. And hospitals report more emergency cases coming in and uh, more strange accidents and things like that. So... Uh, whatever emotional state we're in can be amplified by the full moon. I, I believe it 100%. I mean, the anecdotal evidence, it, there's just mountains of it. I don't think you can even dispute it anymore. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is with us for our Paranormal News Roundup. Again, her website, visionaryliving.com. Okay, I wanted to ask you, uh, you and I have talked in the past about uh, uh, black-eyed children, which, quite frankly, just, uh, you know, the image, imagery of that, you know, someone alone in a parking lot, all of a sudden the car is surrounded by these black black-eyed children, uh, it, the creep factor is just off the scale. And apparently, uh, they have returned the black-eyed children or a black-eyed child uh, to a, a region of England which is, uh, is pretty famous for a lot of paranormal activity. It's a beautiful section of England called Canic Chase. That's right. And, uh, in fact, we're, we... Uh Investigators in the paranormal, we are seeing uh, an increase in black-eyed uh, children cases and also now black-eyed adults. And 
uh, we're having to call them now black-eyed people because it involves adults and children. And um, they do show up in areas where there's been a lot of paranormal activity. I think literally there are interdimensional doorways. Um, but um, uh, they have been making more approaches to people. Uh, I, I used to get just occasional reports of black-eyed people activity, and, and now I get them all the time. Every week I'm hearing a case where someone has been out somewhere and has been approached by one of these strange entities looking human, whether it's a child or an adult, and uh, they act strange, they have solid black eyes, they have sinister energy, and uh, they really do frighten people. And uh, there have been documented cases where um, individuals say that uh, these entities, they really are entities masquerading in kind of a humanoid form, uh, they have the ability to affect people for long periods of time, especially if they touch them. And it's almost like, uh, uh, you know, a lingering energy that they're able to attach in some way to people and affect their health, their moods, nightmares, uh, even um, uh, kind of a wasting away sort of feeling. Well, they, I, and, I've heard tell of, of people uh, being in, uh, approached by one, and they will ask for a ride, or they will ask to come into your house. So that's an invitation you don't want to accept. Uh, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about the black-eyed child returning to Staffordshire or Canuck Chase. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is with us. We'll also talk doppelgangers, telephone telepathy, and time slips right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back with Rosemary Ellen Guiley for our monthly Paranormal News Roundup. Paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the website visionaryliving.com. We were talking earlier about Canuck Chase and a woman's encounter with a black-eyed child. Uh, she heard a, a scream in the woods and uh, uh, encountered, I guess, what appeared to be a 10-year-old a girl with her hands over her eyes. Uh, and then when she lowered her hands, she saw a rather horrific sight, a, um, a well, black eyes, no iris, just completely black. Solid black eyes. And, of course, she was startled. And uh, she literally jumped back. Now, she was with her daughter, and instinctively she grabbed her daughter and... Um, it just looked away for a brief instant. When she looks back, this black-eyed kid is gone, just completely vanished. Now, this is an area where there's been a very long history of a lot of unusual activity. There have been reports of what are called hellhounds, the uh, black spectral dogs, um, dogmen that people will often call, call werewolves, there's UFO activity, um, and even something called pigman. Uh, and uh, so I'm not surprised that uh, an encounter like this would happen in uh, in that kind of area. Uh, and uh, there have been other reports of black-eyed kids uh, in this area as well, going back into the 1980s. So the question that researchers have is, why are we seeing an increase in these kinds of cases? Is this just like... Um, an entity picking uh, yet another shape-shifted form to kind of scare people in. I think that's part of it. Uh, or is this like a new kind of entity um, making its way into physical reality? These 
black-eyed uh, people, uh, they, they do seem to have the intent to vampirize energy off people. And we do see that in certain kinds of demonic beings, that they will scare people. They'll, they'll shape-shift into some form that will scare people. And that fright uh, puts off uh, an energy that... Um, that they can literally use, and uh, even if they just vanish, they've got what they wanted. They've got life force energy off you. What what should you do if you're if you encounter a black eyed child or a black eyed adult? Aside from run, well, yeah, right. If if you can collect your wits about you very quickly, and oftentimes people are so startled they don't know how to react. Uh, what you do not want to do is have any physical contact, and it's a good idea to uh, back away or get away. Uh, as as quickly as you can, um, and uh, uh, don't allow it to reach out and even touch your clothing. Uh, if if uh, this being this black eyed kid asks for help, or even a black eyed adult um, with a you know they 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 want help, they want you to do something for them, say no, um, and just get away. All right. Um, I want to move along to this this next one. This one kind of hit hits close to home. I think you and I have discussed or discussed on air before, Rosemary. My my sort of my lone uh, paranormal experience involved seeing my own doppelganger. This was uh, on the night or early morning that my father was buried back in uh, the late 1980s, and then I see this article on on the BBC uh entitled the disturbing consequences of seeing your own doppelganger and and they tried there was a uh, a a student in neuropsychology at the university hospital in Zurich who was sort of attempting to unravel this whole mystery about seeing your own doppelganger make can you make any sense of this for me well it uh seeing your own doppelganger uh, here's something else with another very long history and according to folklore if you if you see your own double which has been documented throughout history uh it's a very bad open and it, it means um, in some cases and some beliefs that you're going to die or die within the year or you're be going to become seriously ill or something bad is going to happen to you and uh, people have had very startling experiences of seeing their own double. Well, uh, we do project a double sometimes when we have a spontaneous out-of-body projection, and I've seen my own double. Oh, I, you have? Uh, I have, and uh, I, uh, I had an experience some years ago where I fell asleep uh, on the sofa in my living room, and I got up uh, and went into the kitchen, and, and when I came back out in the living room, I saw myself still asleep, on the sofa, I had projected myself um, out of my body, and uh, I was very disoriented as to which was the real me. And uh, I was able to, like, merge back into myself, but it was very disconcerting. Um, now, sometimes when these doubles are seen, uh, they act in a very mechanical way. Sometimes they seem to be kind of ghost-like. Uh, there are cases where people uh, seem to be very real and solid, uh, even uh, talk and have kind of minimal conversation. Uh, and um, not all double cases, uh, doppelgangers, do end up with uh, bad things happening. But um, there have been cases where uh, people have uh, died within a certain period of time, and there's speculation as to whether or not this is uh, some sort of preliminary departure of the life force, uh, you know, in preparation for making a transition. 
nobody really knows. Animals will project their doubles, too. And I've documented cases where uh, people have seen doubles of their pets while their pets have been sleeping in the house, uh, and they see a double of their pet. They think the pet is up and moving around, and it's still sleeping uh, uh, in another part of the house. And in some of those cases, it, it is a, a precursor to a passing away. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, something bad did happen. I, I washed out of university that year, so maybe that was, it was an omen. Uh, Rosemary, we have about five minutes here, so let's, uh, I mean, I could talk t- to you about doppelgangers all night because this is something I can relate to, but I, this is another area, though, that we should discuss in the five minutes that remain because a lot of people have this, uh, this experience as well, and, it, and it's about telephone telepathy. Everyone's had an experience where the phone rings and they know who's on the other end before they pick it up. Right. Uh, Could be someone they haven't heard from in years, too. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily just a a call you're expecting. And, um, you know, now we've we've got some studies, you know, uh, actually documenting this. This is one of the most common forms of uh, of psychic connection. Um, And... Also, people pick up on intentions, um, like you'll think about calling someone, and then you'll get a call from them, and uh, you, you'll find out that both of you were thinking of calling each other at about the same time. Right. So um, we do have this uh, telepathy uh, going on all the time, and the telephone is one of the most common ways that it manifests. And uh, Rupert Sheldrake, who's uh, a very well-known scientist from uh, England, and uh, he's documented uh, a lot of cases of um, presentiment. Sure, the sense of being stared at, one of his famous uh, books. Being stared at, and then he did another wonderful study on uh, pets who always know when you're coming home before you get there, even Mm -hmm. when you alter your habits. And so now he's looked at uh, telephone telepathy as well to document this scientifically. Um, but, you know, the average person already knows this. This is one of our, our most common uh, experiences. But it is nice to see uh, science actually coming up with statistics uh, that show that this is not something that's accidental or random, that it happens far more than chance. Yes, he, he conducted apparently, Rupert Sheldrake did, five experiments from 2003 onwards, and they all showed what he called positive results with hit rates above what would be expected by chance. Well, that's right, and he conducted over 2,000 trials uh, altogether, and his hit rate was 41.8%, and um, what he would expect by chance would have been right around 33%. That's right. That's Uh remarkable. Remarkable. It is. So uh, I'm always glad when science can document these sorts of things. And what what do we learn from this? Well, uh, I think when we become more aware of this faculty of ours, we can put it to use in very positive ways because you, you send out an intention uh, and uh, others can pick up on it. Uh, and um, I think we need to learn how to use these abilities in uh, very productive ways. Uh, these are not just random accidents. It's part of our consciousness that uh, is taking us into the realm of developing extraordinary abilities. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe we, we should try an on-air experiment sometime uh, to do with telephone telepathy. I'm not exactly sure what that experiment would entail, what it would look like, but uh, something worth uh, investigating. Uh, what, what are you working... Sorry, what's that, Rosemary? 
let me give it some thought, and it would be interesting to conduct some experiments. Exactly. What are you working on these days? Uh, I mean, I know you're you're researching in, in, in San Francisco. Is this for an upcoming book? Well, I always have several books in the works, and yes, I'm I'm uh, developing a book on uh, multidimensional portals and what I call the interdimensional Earth, which is about our expanding awarenesses. Uh, via the increase in extraordinary experiences we're having across the board with UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, paranormal activity, uh, spiritually oriented activity, contact with higher beings. And uh, I think that um, uh, this is pushing out the bounds of what we call ordinary reality mm. in very dramatic ways, and it's changing very rapidly. It seems the, 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 uh, the veil... Uh, between these dimensions is 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 thinning, um, uh, but sadly we we're gonna we have to lower the veil, uh, lower the curtain on this segment because uh, we are out of time. But uh, uh, we will we'll get into time slips next time we have you on the program and and give that telephone telepathy experiment some thought. Would love to do something on that. Uh, I'm sure we can come up with something. Excellent, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, VisionaryLiving.com. Thanks, Ro. Thank you very much, Richard. All Good right. Night. Good night. Back next week with a brand new program. My thanks to Ian Robertson, Albert Vinzel. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. And what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. <laughs> 